Tonight I want to preach on the subject, the third Pentecost, the third Pentecost. Turn to somebody and say, we're going to talk about the third Pentecost. All right, if I could give my, my, my sermon tonight a second title, I would call it the Dance of the Trinity. And so I'm going to show you what I mean by that. So I want to start off by teaching you uh, a new word. It's a Greek word. For some of you, it may not be a new word, but uh, I know that many of you, this will be the first time you've ever heard it. The word is perichoresis, all right? So it comes from two words. It comes from the word peri. So, so it's a compound word, peri, where we get the word perimeter. So a perimeter is a round perimeter or periscope. It's a round. So the word peri just means round. And the other word, the other part of that is the word choresis, which comes from the word choreo, where we get the word choreography. You know, uh, if you're from my generation, you, you, you remember it like that, you know, staying alive. I can't do it, but that's how I remember it. It was something like that. Nowadays, I can't do what they do. Now I'll break something. You want to see break dancing? I will break my bones trying to do it. So we're not even going to go there. Choreography is dancing. So the word, the, the word when you put it together, perichoresis, means a, a round dance, all right? So that's what it literally means, is to dance in a circle. Now, Jewish people do this a lot. There's a lot of cultures that do that. I want you to show them. Let me show you what it looks like. This is done at weddings. This is done. In, uh, so this right here is the symbol for perichoresis, and this is called the Dance of the Trinity, so the dance of the Trinity is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I will explain this to you in a little bit, a little in more depth. But let me show you, first of all, uh, something that you can relate to. Let's go ahead and show them that video of Jewish people dancing. So if you've ever been to Israel or maybe to a Jewish wedding or someplace, then you might have seen something like this. And so this is basically a dance. It's called the circle dance or the round dance. And the idea is that you pull people into it. Now, Brian, I'm not going to make you dance, okay? But the idea is that you pull people into it. So, like, if I wanted Noah to dance here, I would pull him into the dance, and I'd pull Gabe into the dance. And then so, so guys, this is, this is what it would look like, okay? It's a round dance, so you can't, like, stand there and look at anybody. you got to hold hands. I know that's kind of weird, but no, you're not... Yeah, I'm, I'm holding a mic, but you got to hold my elbow or something, all right? So this is how it works, all right? So this is what a round dance looks like, and, and so then you pull someone else into it, all right, until the circle gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So thanks, guys. You guys, you guys got some moves, you know? We'll talk about how bad they are later, but uh, you have some moves. All right, so I'm picking on these guys because they're my buddies. So Scottish people do this. American Indian people do this. So there's a lot of cultures that practice the round dance, well, many years ago, theologians, Greek theologian, theologians particularly, wanted to describe, give you a description of the Trinity in a way that we could understand it. So they created this word, perichoresis, which literally means a round dance. So go back to the image that you showed us earlier of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the one that was yellow. So they created this particular image showing how the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dance in this, in this round formation. Now, the idea behind this is that it's not just a dance. It's called the dance of love. And so the dance of love is to show you several things. First of all, that God is filled with joy. 
sometimes people get this idea of God of just the judge or this, you know, it, it, for some people when you say God is my father, that's a good thing. For other people, that's not a good thing. So when you say God is my father, they're instantly scared of him. And other people, when we say God is my father, they want to sit on his lap because that means a good thing to them. And so this image was created to show people that God is full of joy and God is full of happiness and that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwelling in unity in such a way in this in this. Uh, perichoresis that they were dancing so joyfully that they started they wanted to pull people into it they wanted their love to overflow into the world and so how many of you know that God did not have to want children but he did God knew they would disobey God knew that some of them would hate him some of them would deny him but God created a family on purpose God created a family because the Father, Son, Holy Spirit did not have to have offspring. They did not have to have a family, but they created a family because they're so full of love and so full of joy. So this shows the happy side of God. This whole perichoresis idea is to show you that God is just full of joy and God is full of happiness and he wants you to have that. That's where our, our promise of eternal life comes in. Well, because of that, the, one of the ways that they would explain the perichoresis is that you would take three colors. So if you take the throne colors of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the red being the throne of the Father, that looks like a sardis on the emerald throne being the throne of the sun that's in the, that's in the sanctuary. And then the blue throne on the earth that we see in Ezekiel chapter one, which is the sapphire throne of the Holy Spirit. So if you take those red, green, and blue, and you start spinning them in this circle, the idea behind perichoresis is that it spins so fast, you can't see one color. You can't see one color above another. It all looks like one color. Now we tried to illustrate that, we couldn't, we couldn't make it work, all right? So I was gonna show you that. If you spin those three colors fast enough, you, you cannot see the red or the green or the blue. It literally shows you one color. So that is the idea that God is moving in such a way that, that he operates, that the Father, Son, Holy Spirit operate as one. So it's showing the unity of God, but it's showing the joy of God, and it's showing the happiness of God. So keep in mind that this dance is important to understand why there has to be a third outpouring. Because this dance not only describes the Trinity, it not only describes, it also describes the way God works. So on this earth, there is a number that many times people, sometimes they say perfection, sometimes they say completion. How many of you would know what that number is on the earth, all right? Somebody tell me, lots of people know it, so shout it out. The number seven, right? All right, so the number seven is the number of completion on the earth. But there is another number of completion in heaven that's different. It's a divine completion. And that is the number three. All right. So when God does something on the earth, he does it. When God does something on the earth, he does it in a pattern of seven. That's why you have the even Pentecost, which we celebrated this past Sunday, you count seven weeks of seven, seven days of seven. So you can see this pattern over and over again all through the scripture, the seven days of creation, over and over. When God does something on the earth and he's finished with it, you have the number seven showing that it's completed. But when God does something in heaven and it's an eternal 
eternal value. It has eternal value. He doesn't do it prophetically in sevens. He does it in threes. That's why the seraphim cry out, holy, holy, holy. So you see this pattern of three overflowing over and over and over again. Uh, and I don't have time to go into all the threes in the Bible, but I'm telling you, they're all over the place. And every time you see the patterns of three, I am gonna go through some of them tonight. When you see the prophetic patterns of three, you know that God is completing something and what you're witnessing is the perichoresis. So go to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor and say, tonight we're gonna talk about perichoresis, all right? I'll say it slow again, Perry, round, choresis, like choreography, dance, round dance. So say it one more time, let's say it together. We're gonna to talk about perichoresis, all right? You're learning a nice Greek word tonight. Let's say it one more time, slowly all together now, like a choir, perichoresis. Oh, you guys are so good. Now, can you do it in harmony? Peri, no, I'm kidding. I just, that was a, that was a joke, but you tried it anyway. I'm proud of you, man. So, um, so three is when God does something divinely in heaven and completes it. So when God has a divine blessing for the earth, you're gonna see this three pattern and it's not finished until the, three, the, till the third one plays out. The dance cannot end until you see the third part of the dance. So now we're gonna get into this, and this is, I, I think this is gonna be quite interesting, at least it was for me. All right, so some people get confused about the Holy Spirit because they talk about the former rains and the latter rains. And so they easily can say, well, we had Mount Sinai, and then on the day of Pentecost, that's what we're celebrating, so that was the former rain, and this is the latter rain. Or maybe they might say we had the Old Testament and New Testament, so we had before Christ and after Christ, the former and latter rains. But what you need to understand is that Pentecost changed all of that. Pentecost gave voices to people that didn't have a voice. Pentecost gave votes to people that didn't have a vote. Pentecost changed everything. Pentecost was the reversal of the Tower of Babel when, when God separated the languages of the world so that they could not understand each other and had to separate. But on the day of Pentecost, he brought them back together under the language of heaven and did the reversal of the Tower of Babel in the upper room. So instead of separating people, Pentecost is supposed to bring them together. It's supposed to be a, a time of uniting people. But what's interesting is that where this day of Pentecost appears in the Feast of the Lord, in the Feast of Israel, because you have all of these spring feasts, and then you have all these fall feasts, and then you have this one stuck in the middle. So you have the, you have the Feast of Passover, unleavened bread and first fruits, right there together in this little three-day period. It's right there together. And then you have to count 49 days and the next day is a, is, a, is a harvest day. Now, what's interesting in this is this is a harvest without rain. So you have the former rain speaking of the spring rains. You have the latter rain speaking of the fall rains. You have a rainy season. One is for the grain, the other's for the grapes and other things that grow, the olives and all those things that are harvested in the fall. So you have both of these major harvest seasons, but in the middle of that, the Lord says, wave a sheath 
the sheaves. This is where you get the, whole, the old song, bringing in the sheaves. We are not going to go there, LeBron, so you don't have to hold your breath. I'm, I like to sing old songs, but I'm not going to sing that one tonight. So, so this is where you get that song, way, the, the bringing in the sheaves, and that's basically picking up grain and carrying it in. It's, bringing in the sheaves basically is a, a song about tithing. Did you know that? This, the song is about bringing in your tithes. So that's where they used to say, here we come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. So you're bringing in the sheaves so that the rest of the crop could be blessed. So when you bring in the, the bundle of sheaves and the priest bless it, then the rest of the crop gets blessed. Well, what's interesting about this former rain, this latter rain, is you have this, this other festival in the middle that looks like it doesn't belong which gives you the former rain, the former rain, and a latter rain, and then a prophetic rain. Now, why is this a prophetic rain? Because in Joel chapter two, where Peter says, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, listen to what he said, when the spiritual rain comes, listen to this, be glad then, this is Joel chapter two, verse 23, be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rains faithfully, and the, and the rains to come down for you, the former rains and the latter rains. Now get this, he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain, when? In the first month. Whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. You're gonna bring a spiritual rain that is going to equate to the spring rains and the, and the fall rains at the same time. Yes, I'm giving you in the natural a spring rain and I'm giving you in the natural a fall rainy season, but I am giving you in the spiritual something that is going to be the former rain and the latter rain at the same time. I'm gonna pour out both at the same time. And this is where he said he was speaking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So now you have this, you have this perichoresis again. You have not only the former reigns of the latter reign, but you have this spiritual reign giving you the, the pattern of the three reigns. Now, I'm just gonna, now, I, I promise you, Perry can teach this 10 times better than I can this part here, but I'm just gonna, it's a hit and run for me, but I'm gonna do it anyway. So Rosh Hashanah this year starts in September 25th through 27th, right? So that's Rosh Hashanah 2022. Now I've preached for years that I'm expecting the coming of the Lord and I'm expecting him every day, but if somebody had to pinpoint me and say, guess when you think he's coming, I would probably say September, October. And I have a lot of reasons why I think that, even though I can't tell you for sure that's when it's gonna happen, I can tell you that I have a lot of reasons why I suspect it may happen. But I did find something that's kind of interesting about this. So in this year, 2022, we have Rosh Hashanah starting on the 25th and ending on the 27th, which is the first month of the new Jewish new year. And here we have in the book of Joel telling me that God's gonna send two rains in one month on the first month. He doesn't say on the last month. The Lord says, when I pour out my spirit in this supernatural way, I'm gonna send it, this is Joel chapter two, I'm gonna send it in the first month. So we're looking for something to happen in that first month where we get a gully washer of two rainy seasons at the same time in the spirit. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. 
or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. There is this thing at Azusa Street called the 100-Year Prophecy, all right? So how many of you ever heard of the 100-Year Prophecy? The 100-Year Prophecy was a prophecy that came out of Azusa Street that, that says 100 years from now that there will be the greatest revival that has ever happened in the history of the world 100 years from now. It's going to happen. and It'll be the greatest revival we've ever seen. So because that prophecy was given around 1907, 1908, around that time, I don't know that they, I don't, I don't know the exact day that it was given, but I know the Azusa Street Revival spanned those three years. And so because that prophecy was given around 2007, 2008, 2009, people started looking for the fulfillment of that 100-year prophecy. But the man who, who delivered that prophecy was William Seymour. Now, it came also from another lady in the, in the room that was also given the prophecy, but he's the one that's credited for that 100-year prophecy. And what's interesting to me is when he died, because William Seymour died on September the 28th, 1922, which means that on Rosh Hashanah ends on the 27th of September, and on the 28th of September is the 100th anniversary of the death of William Seymour, who said 100 years from now, there is going to be an outpouring. I mean, I'm, I'm not telling you this is gonna happen, but I'm saying I hope it does. Wouldn't it be amazing if we spend this summer talking about getting ready for revival, and God sends the former rains and the latter rains at the end of September, a spiritual rain that he's poured out on his people? Now, I believe in Bible prophecy, but I also believe that when God gives a prophetic word, especially in a movement like Azusa, when God is given prophetic words, that we should pay attention to those. So we're coming up this year on the 100th birth anniversary of the death of William Seymour on September the 28th, which is the day after Rosh Hashanah and the first day of the Jewish New Year in the first month. I mean... Could it just be coincidence or could it just be God? I mean, wouldn't it be, God is so precise. Wouldn't it be something if he said, well, I've been telling you for 100 years it was gonna happen. You know, you just had to figure it out. So I think that's interesting. Well, what goes along with this is that there was a prophecy that was released, and I'm gonna show you a video of this prophecy. There was a prophecy that was released in Indonesia. Uh, there was a man who used to pastor in, in Cleveland, Tennessee, uh, and uh, some of you would know him now as the president of Oral Roberts University, Pastor Billy Wilson. But he actually pastored right here in Cleveland, Tennessee. Before, he, then he became an evangelist, and he was over something called Empower 21. And Empower 21 is this organization that unites spirit-filled believers around the world together. So it's the charismatic uh, groups. I mean, sometimes when we say Pentecostal and charismatic, it really means the same thing. It's just kind of two different genres of it. But it's really, it's all spirit-filled, right? So his, his ministry of Empower 21 is to unite all of these people around the world. So he started with the very first Empower 21 was at Azusa. And they did a, an, an Azusa uh, meeting where they asked 
spirit-filled leaders from around the world and thousands and thousands of people gathered there for the very first Empower 21. So they started taking it to different parts of the world every year, and they still do it. I'm a part of this group, as a matter of fact. And so this is when they went to Indonesia, and they had all of these prophets and these evangelists speaking. They're at one of the largest churches in Indonesia. Now, the guy you're about to see is a dear friend of mine. I mean, I've had dinner with him. He is a personal friend. We talk to each other. I mean, we've sang songs together. This guy's a real friend. He pastors his, his church membership is over 500,000 people in Indonesia. Now what's interesting about this is that Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world. The largest Muslim company, country in the world. But this guy pastors one of the largest Pentecostal churches in the whole world right there in Indonesia. This happened at his church. I want you to look at this. His name is Pastor Nico. I can't say his last name. I want to share with you, my friend. It's with the this fear is Cindy of the Lord Jacobs, I give this way. prophecy. We just talked about the prophet anointing Jehu. Tadi kita baru bicara mengenai Nabi Tuhan mengurapi Jehu. And we just want to wait a moment for the right second. This afternoon, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Tadi siang, Roh Kudus pada saya. He spoke to me about the third Pentecost. And he said this. At Azusa Street. Pada waktu Azusa Street terjadi, I chose a man. Aku pilih and the Lord says. Tuhan katakan, I gave you the message of the third Pentecost. Because even as the Azusa Street anointing came from the west to the east, sama seperti urapan Azusa Street menyebar dari barat ke timur, this new Pentecost baru ini is going to go east to west. Akan dari timur sampai ke barat. Just put this down. The Lord told me. Tuhan kasih tahu saya. You have been through many tests. Kau sudah lewat banyak ujian. You've been through many trials. Banyak uh, kesulitan. And you have passed the test well. Kau sudah lewati ujian dengan baik. You have passed the humility test. Kau sudah lulus ujian kerendahan hati. You have passed the sacrifice sudah test. Sudah lulus ujian korban. You have passed the test of of living a a self unselfish life kau sudah lulus ujian hidup tentang mementingkan diri sendiri i have required so many things of you son aku sudah tuntut banyak hal darimu anakku and now the lord says Sekarang this katakan ini i chose a william seymour aku pilih william seymour and this time dan saat ini to be a messenger untuk menjadi pengobat the third pentecost dari pentakosta ketiga i choose you aku pilih engkau Pentecost ketiga. And the Lord says, katakan, You will be changed. 
yang lebih besar. Everything you've done before. Semua yang kau lakukan sebelumnya. The anointing. Pengurapan. The influence. Pengaruh. And the Lord says. Tuhan katakan. Now it's going to go to the whole world. Sekarang kau akan dipakai ke seluruh dunia. And the Lord says. Tuhan katakan. This. Ini. Thank you, Lord. The breath of God. The anointing. Jesus. Jesus. Double. 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 Hallelujah. All right. That's the end of that. Um, I want you to see this because several reasons. Um, I want you to go to the next slide that I gave you that shows Pastor Nico. This is just something that he that he did recently in California. Go ahead and show that next slide that shows his picture on there for us, guys. There we go. He is now traveling the world, preaching on the third Pentecost. He is traveling the United States. He has written a book about it. Um, he actually put me in the book. I don't know why he put me in the book, but he actually did. He put me in the book about how God is the things that my assignments and how I will be used in this third Pentecost. But this guy is preaching around the world. But here's the stories he's telling. And now I'm, I'm in an international board with him. And every time we get in this board meeting, it's, there's a reason they call it a board meeting because it is not exciting. It's board until this guy starts speaking. And every time he speaks, he forgets what's on the agenda. His hands go to shaking. He starts speaking in tongues. Sometimes he breaks out singing a song and then he'll start prophesying over the room. And he does it every time. Every single time he gets in the room, he starts prophesying. And one time, one time I was on one side of the room and he said, the Lord is trying to explain something to me and I don't know how. You've heard me say this before, but he had never heard it before. He said, I don't know why the Lord says that, that, uh, that the third Pentecost is going from east to west. And the Holy Spirit gave me the revelation. I walked across the room and I explained it to him. I said, it's because of Joel's prophecy. He said, on your sons and your daughters, I will pour out my spirit. Your young men shall see, shall see dreams. Your old men shall dream, dream, shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servant and my handmaidens will I pour out of my spirit in those days. But I said, you have to read it in Hebrew. So you have to read it backwards, which means that the, first, the, the law of first mission, the very first time the word men servant was mentioned in the Bible, it was referring to Jewish people, the sons of Abraham. The very first time the word maidservant was mentioned, it was referring to Hagar, who is the mother of Islam. And I said, when you read it backwards, the, the revival of Joel is going to end with sons and daughters, but it has to start in an Islamic country, which is he's in the largest Islamic country of the world. It starts with the handmaidens and ends up with the sons and daughters. I'm telling you, you have to know Dr. Nico. When I said that, he just 
passed out on the floor and he was there for two hours. I mean, if you could forget the meeting, he forgot the whole world was there. He was just shaking on the floor for the next two hours because the Lord had given him this revelation. And now when you hear the reports he's given now, they're saying they're seeing the largest influx of Muslim teenagers. These are teenagers, the largest influx of Muslim teenagers coming to the Lord, leaving radical Islam and come, getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And they're coming in in so many groves that they can't even hardly house them all. He's the one that told me the report that I told you one night, that one night the Holy Spirit broke out and about 8,000 eight to 10 year old kids. These are eight, nine and 10 year old children. About 8,000 of them were slain in the spirit at the same time and they laid there all night long speaking in tongues until the sun came up the next morning. He said they never stopped. They spoke in tongues literally all night long until the sun came up. This is why he's telling the world that the third Pentecost has already started. It's not something that is coming, it's something that is here and it will come across this world from east to west and we will see the mighty move of the Lord. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.